0: Well, hello everyone. Thank you again for joining us for the Modern SaaS Finance Podcast. My name is David Apple, Head of the SaaS Software Vertical at Sage N-Tac, and we built this for you based on a lot of feedback for CFOs and controllers, FP&A, revenue ops, and other members of the finance community and fast growth SaaS companies. We discuss subscription and usage billing models, revenue recognition, SaaS metrics, forecasting, and other key functions that you need in order to drive the cash flow and the trajectory of your firm through an IPO and beyond. And I'm really excited about this session. Joining me is a, a person I'm very happy to call a friend and business colleague is Ray Reich from RevOps Squared. Uh, Ray and I have gotten to know each other over time. I hope you see the same, see the same prowess and competency that I've seen from him in the topics we're going to discuss. So Ray, would you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and RevOps Squared?
1: David, thank you, and you're much too generous with your introduction. Um, (laughs) I think the basis for our uh, partnership and relationship is I've spent 30 years in the subscription software business as an operating executive, including leading sales, marketing services, and then president and COO multiple times of subscription software businesses all the way from pre-revenue to over um, $500 million. And RevOps Squared is really the culmination of all my operating kind of experiences. And we're building the world's largest SaaS metrics benchmarking index. And we're doing this to allow CEOs, CFOs, operating executives, and investors to see how their SaaS performance metrics measure up to similar like company cohorts. And the goal is to use these benchmarks to make better metrics informed and benchmark validated decisions to accelerate both efficient revenue growth and to, of course, increase your company value. Mm. I think a a unique aspect to the RevOps Squared Benchmarking Index is the breadth and depth. As an example in 2021 through our partner research syndicate. We had over 7,500 unique SaaS companies provide us insights to some level of their metrics and performance benchmarks.
0: Yeah, just data is the new oil and you guys are doing an excellent job pulling it together and refining it and packaging it. And That's what we want all of you to walk away with because Ray and I and teams did a, an amazing survey specifically to SaaS finance efficiency on how well you're running your organization to drive forward the reporting and insights for the company. Ray, would you share with everyone a little bit what was the survey?
1: Yeah, the goal was really to benchmark the financial operations process, specifically for how they were calculating their recurring revenue metrics, how they were Mm -hmm. presenting those metrics, and also how they were actually creating and developing their financial reporting and sharing that with their investors and board, whether that was income statements, um, cash forecasting, et cetera. And we used this research framework, David, that included the following. So we wanted to know kind of what financial reports were being developed by B2B SaaS companies and look at this by stage of growth and size of company. How long did it take to close the books? Once again, segmented by company size. We also wanted to dig into those SaaS metrics and how they were calculating them. How much time did it take to calculate the metrics? Where did they have to pull the data from? What were the source systems? What were the tools they were using to calculate the metrics? And then how are they using those metrics for decision-making and the timing of those um, metrics availability to make those decisions? So that's kind of a pretty comprehensive framework for the research, David.
0: And everybody, there's a place you can get all these insights and the conclusions and the survey and participate to see where you stand in your own benchmarking by going to the survey for yourself. Ray, what's that web address for everybody?
1: Yeah, it's very simple. It's dot SASKPIBenchmarks.com. Once again, Sage Intact. SASKPI And right there you'll be able to easily enter in your performance metrics around this financial operations process efficiency and see how you measure up to companies just like you.
0: Yeah. And this was informed by your peers where we asked many people, what do you want to know? What do you want to get better? What do you want to incent and reward? And it was these items. And we had hundreds and hundreds of people respond. And it's so fascinating. Ray, what did we learn from the survey answers?
1: Um, Well, I'm going to segment this into kind of two broad categories, David. Mm -hmm. I think the first was kind of with our area of expertise. It's really about those SaaS performance metrics that we all hear about. Things like net dollar, net revenue retention, CAC payback period. So the first thing that, we now have empirical data to support is something we thought about, that those SAS metrics to calculation is primarily a manual process.
0: <laughs> Sound familiar, you, everybody?
1: <laughs> the question is, what do you mean by primarily? Well, number one, 75% of the participants said that Excel was their primary SAS metrics tool.
0: Yeah.
1: And and to me, David, what was amazing, and I, I don't know why I'm surprised, but I really was, only 19% of the companies said they're using their financial management platform mm-hmm. to calculate their SaaS metrics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the next thing we kind of looked at was, well, what's the biggest challenges? So the other thing we learned, David, was that beyond having a manual process, the fragmented nature of the data sources to create these metrics was a the number one challenge. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then we found that the CRM, you know, the Salesforce and HubSpots of the world, that was the number one source of a lot of the SaaS metrics they had trouble getting to. Um, do you want me to keep going with some of the well, other- well, Let's, let's just
0: do a quick, I mean, back to where you listening, right? It, I'm sure, cause I had this conversation multiple times a day, every day, how much is manual and that the driving issue is because it's spread across multiple places, then you have to organize it. You have to reconcile it. You have people arguing whose data is more accurate and just creates a mess, but the, keep going, Ray, There's You have more goodness to share.
1: Yeah, the third thing was these kind of recurring revenue metrics or the SaaS performance metrics, as we call them, they're calculated fairly inconsistently. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is mm-hmm. both who's responsible for calculating somebody's metrics. Sometimes you'll see finance having some responsibility, but then you'll see sales ops or sales leadership have some responsibility. And what that leads to is a lot of inconsistent and then to your point, debated metrics. Well, the CAC payback period is wrong because. So not having a kind of a system of record and a system of truth is creating a lot of challenges out there.
0: Well, and and so a lot of this is what Ray and I are talking about today is I get oft asked often for someone to talk to a peer or a reference or something. And in as much as people looking for success, they're they're often asking, what should I not do? Which mistakes should I avoid? And so this is this great insights on these things to be aware of that are happening. And, and beginning with the end in mind, what is it that you want to solve as you evolve the company? Ray, please keep going because there's more.
1: Yeah. So a couple other things. And you just talked about evolve. So you know, we segment all this by the size of the committed annual recurring revenue. So we looked at companies less than five million or five to 10 and 10 to 20, 20 to 50, 50 to 100, et cetera. And when we looked at the time that was required to both um, create the financial metrics and even the um, financial reports like income statement, it was highly correlated to size. So the larger you were, the more time it took from both a calendar days to close the books, but also for the number of personnel is required. Mm-hmm. And I combined that with who had automated, who hadn't. So what we saw was those who are still using primarily manual processes in Excel are taking a lot longer to deliver not only their financial reports, but these SAS metrics. And the real risk of that, David, from our experience, is if you're not delivering these SAS metrics that tell you how you're doing within just a few days of the end of the accounting period, it's hard to make the decisions that are going to impact the productivity of those metrics next month or next quarter. So it was really that lag time because of the manual processes that really jumped out to me. Well,
0: and and everybody, each of you are in a competitive space where, you know, there's multiple firms going for the whole shot on who's going to win. And how do you put your best self in the best position to win that is you make the best informed, most educated decisions on the hypotheses and experiments that you run. So you really hold yourself back from not investing in all this. So, all right, there's the top four. Let's transition into your second group.
1: Well, the, the next one is really about that financial close process. Mm-hmm. And once again, it's very so can similar. I, can to
0: I the- say one thing on this though? And what we learned from this is that first thing was about reporting requirements and like those four those four things fall into that, that it's manual, it's inconsistent, the data spread all over the place and it depends how big the team is. And the second group is, so what do you do about it? And how do you develop a roadmap for your tech stack? And that's kind of like the all encompassing group for these next four. Sorry to ju- in, introduce on you Ray, but I think that's such for people listening cause they're not seeing, I wanted to give that context.
1: No, totally agree. And I think, you know, before we get into some of our, the ideas and recommendations, you know this is all around that financial close process time. So it's highly variable. Mm-hmm. It's directly mm-hmm. correlated to how much automation um, even the financial reporting process, things like, you know, what's my cash forecast? Um, very manual, over 60% of the time. And that adds a lot of time and risk to the financial close. So that's kind of that next category is all around financial reporting and the risk and the delay in how it impacts your credibility with your boards and the ability to make decisions quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. Please keep going.
1: So that's really kind of at a high level. Those are some of our key findings, Dave. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to pivot maybe a little bit to you know maybe what's, what we think SAS finance leaders can take away from the survey.
0: Yeah, thank you. I just want to say just the close is so critical because it's the place where you decide what's true. And the financial system is the one system that's audited to ensure that it's clear and I know when I talk to many of your peers and I say, what are you most proud of and how you've evolved things? One of the most notable things is, you know what, we took our close down, we took it down 30, 40, 50, 80%. And then second, that allowed the team to transform itself from being manual into being strategic and, and having more data sooner allows us to give more insights to the executive team in order to pivot and scale a lot faster. So there's as much as we're talking a lot about the issues people found in the survey, there's the joy that comes from acting on it. So there's a setup for you, Ray, please keep going.
1: Yeah, so we kind of looked at all these manual processes, the time delays it introduced, the um, integrity of the metrics and the reports because it's so manually and error prone. So the first is we highly recommend, you know, that you think about your financial Um, tech stack sooner rather than later. So don't think, well, I'll do it when I'm a $10 million company or a 20. Think about that roadmap early and what other processes and reports that you can automate earlier rather than later. Mm -hmm. So to Mm -hmm. me, that's the top thing is develop that financial operations and reporting tech roadmap and look for opportunities to automate and operationalize those processes early and often. And the second thing beyond that we saw how many different source data systems companies were using. Once again, CRM being <laughs> the number one. So I, I, you know, I always hesitate to say this because we. great thing about SaaS solutions are supposed to be low cost of entry, easy to implement, um, lower switching costs. But in reality, once you have 8, 10, 15 SaaS applications in your financial um, process touching stack, it becomes an integration nightmare. Mm -hmm. So the more you can minimize the number of point solutions, that's the number of integrations and the risk to data consistency, do it as quickly as possible.
0: I don't know. Does that make sense to you, David? Oh my gosh. It's just so true. And I, you're, I'm sure many of you are living this. You react to solving a point issue that you've got because you only have so much time and money to invest and put into this, but it creates this problem. That's why this holistic idea of, not just building a room at a time and then trying to live in the place, architect your house. You might not build it all or fund it all right now, but put the foundation to think about how everything comes together because there's known processes you have to do. You do have to do billing and then the revenue against that. And then post, you do have to track the commissions and the expenses of generating that business. There are board metrics unique to your business model and, you know, market and story that you're trying to tell to and incorporate those in at the beginning but you know please keep going right we just both get so excited about this
1: yeah the other thing we found such an inconsistency of what sas performance metrics were being calculated <laughs> to really understand how's your business performing both against your own internal historical trends but against external benchmarks so We think strategically, it's so important, as early as possible, make sure you identify and then get agreement on those SaaS metrics that are most important to your operating team, but also to your investors. I mean, simple things like your efficiency of acquiring a new customer. We can measure that through both the CAC payback period and CAC ratio, and maybe we'll go into some of these a little bit later. But we found almost 45% of companies weren't measuring their customer acquisition cost efficiency. And whether it's an existing investor or if you're going to be raising money in 6, 12 months, these are going to be critical metrics and performance indicators that investors are going to use to value your company. If you're not collecting them, you're going to look a little exposed when you're out there talking to
0: investors. The theme across, for those of you who've listened to the other sessions, has been what's the story of your business on the market you're helping and then the value you're bringing to them and then building a repeatable, sustainable business model around that. And then, and metrics tell the story of your success there. And Ray, there's a lot of variability here, but what are the most important SaaS metrics? Some people might know them. Some people might, we might be sharpening the saw for them.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to start with those five SaaS metrics or recurring revenue metrics that have the largest impact on enterprise value to revenue multiples. And David, we won't get into you know, how we measure that. It's something called the R squared factor, but it, it, these five were the most critical. So number one, revenue growth, no surprise here. And we're talking about both gap revenue go- growth and committed ARR growth. The next one is so important that everybody should be number one, understanding, capturing and say how to improve it is net dollar retention, also known as net revenue retention. And this looks at a cohort of customers that were here and signed a contract a year ago. And what is their committed ARR today? Including if there was churn, you got to reduce that if there was down downsells, but equally important, were there upsells, cross-sells, even possibly usage-based growth. So net dollar retention is a top five metric, um, CAC payback period or customer acquisition cost payback period. And this looks at how much money do you invest to get a new customer and how long does it need to pay back for, against the ARR? And this is on a gross margin adjusted basis. So that's K-back, CAC payback period. And then the old school metric, which interesting, six months ago, David, this metric became much less important. That's the rule of 40. -hmm. And the rule of forty, of course, at takes your revenue growth rate plus your EBITDA as a percentage. And if you're forty or above, you're great. And if you're below 40, needs improvement. In the last sixty days, it's doubled in the importance on public SaaS company valuations. So rule of forty is still important, David.
0: Those are five chock full of reports to to get started on. If you're not already a, applying the logic of what we talked about, which is getting out of being manual and doing them and having multiple data sources that are affecting you, that's the place to get started and pulling them together. You know, as as we're wrapping up here, Ray, you like you said, you've had reviews from over 7,500 companies with the product that you in the the offering that you have. And for those of you finance, if you want to apply leverage Ray's insights and in how he's built this wonderful machine to get this kind of data to inform the value you're going to bring to your market, please reach out to him. Because what else have you learned from your other surveys and kind of compiling this for our finance audience?
1: Well, if it's okay, David, I would invite everyone to come to saskpibenchmarks.com. hmm so SAS KPI benchmarks.com. And we have currently 10 benchmark data sets up there. Let me give you a couple examples of what we've learned. We just conducted a customer success benchmark um, survey. It's like based upon your size of company and your average and your contract value, what percentage of revenue is being invested in customer success? So the median is 6%, but of course it's going to be different based upon your type of company. Um, We did research on customer acquisition benchmarks, and we know exactly what percentage of pipeline is being generated by sales development versus direct sales versus marketing versus um, account-based marketing programs. Um, So we have several of those, and whether you're looking at customer acquisition, efficiency or customer retention or customer um, expansion, if you're looking at process, like account-based marketing, we can tell you exactly what percentage of pipeline, but also percentage of revenue and how it impacts the average annual contract value from an account-based customer versus a non-account-based customer. Mm. So that I'd invite people just to come and look at all the different benchmarks we have and they're all free, David.
0: Yeah, it's just amazing insight. For everybody, I hope you walked away with some great insights. Is a little bit what drove the creation of this then what were the big insights that your peers had so you can anticipate and stay a step ahead of that reporting requirement? should drive your process and technology stack? Because today, most people do it inconsistently, across fragmented data sets and manual process on creating it. And to be thoughtful on what you create in your tech stack by starting for what's unique about your story and the value you're bringing to your customers and so for your investors. And so what are those metrics and what are the processes to pull together, thinking about how to have it as tight and a data set instead of fragmented all over as possible. Ray, I always enjoy our content and, and thoughts together. Any final thoughts as we're wrapping up?
1: Um, well, thank you, you know, for inviting me to the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. And I think the last thing I'd leave is, you know, even if you're very young and small in your journey as a SaaS company err on the side of looking at what metrics and how to automate the capture, the calculation, and the publishing of those metrics and financial reports as early in your journey as possible.
0: Mm, great advice. So thank you, Ray. And thank you for all of you for joining us today. Please join the Modern SaaS Finance community because we created a Slack community for you to interact with your peers and riff on ideas such as this. It's at bit.ly slash modern finance. So bit, bit.ly. L-Y slash modern SaaS finance, all one word, where you and your peers talk about all things about fundraising, business models, investor metrics, and how to build a great team. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast like this to stay up to date with excellent content and insights from thought leaders like Ray. We're available on all the major streaming platforms. Ray, thank you very much. And, and for our listener, thank you for very much for spending the day with us, the time with us. And have a great day.